Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Telling the getter audience right now tonight, we're going for thirty thousand tonight. We're at, we're starting at four. We're going for thirty tonight, right, Slick Rick? Absolutely, thirty k on the getter chat. What a night coming off of John Solomon the man to head with forty five. Wow. Oh man, it was good. I watched it at six o'clock. I was still at home. I was like, I don't know. You know, I'm going to watch this at home. Kicked up on the big screen. Mr. Solomon is going to join us tonight. He's been nice enough to give us a quick um, 10 minutes at the end of this hour. Uh, he'll join us to recap his interview with the president. I'd like to know what he thought. I want to ask him a couple things about it. But uh, John and Mendo were fantastic. Asked great questions and got out of the way. Is that me? Yeah, that's yeah. me. Um, Asked great questions and let the president talk, which, you know, a lot of people who interview him don't do. You know, they don't do. You mean they sit there the whole time trying to do gotcha? Right. Try to prove how smart they are or, or, or try to push an agenda, obviously, if it's someone from, you know, typical mainstream media. But they ask great questions. I thought Amanda asked a really good question about uh, endorsements because we've talked about some of these endorsements going kind of shaking our head going, huh? And we've talked about, you know, if you have any complaints about, the, about President Trump, and there's not many. It would just, you know, you look at some of these people who have left and you think, how did they get there in the first place? If they're going on The View and they're writing books and what did, what did someone see in the first place to say, okay, yeah, they should work for this administration? Because if you're going on The View, man, you're, as a regular, you're, you're way off from, you would think, the, um, from what the administration's views on limited government and, and, and they're, you know, Basically everything. Yeah. So so that didn't we didn't quite get that, but she Amanda asked, I thought, a really good question on some endorsements. Then we talked um well, we have some clips from it. We'll replay some of it. It's worth showing again. If you didn't see it at six o'clock, it was really good. I'll say this the president looks healthy. He looks energetic. Um, he looks good. Did they ask him about the hole in one? <laughs> They did not. They did not. I would have started with that if he was on Studio 6B. I would have five iron, 180. Man, that is striped. Yeah, but now isn't the liberal media saying that he lied about it? Yep. Oh, I'm sure they are. Are they really? Yeah, I have of a course. report tonight. Yeah. 
In Slick Rick Sports, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> he says he lied about it. What, they, they have somebody on the court? What, they have a, they're going to tell us they have a hidden – maybe it'll go to a, the January 6th committee. Yeah. That wrecking ball of a disaster. Yeah, I, I think so. uh, Nancy Pelosi wants to subpoena the ball, <laughs> ask it some questions. We've never seen anything like this January 6th committee. I mean, it is so out of control – Give her that ball and some D- duct tape. Dan Scan Scan Scanvino now. Scanvino, yep. They're um, going after him. They're going after. Did they go after Cash Patel as well? Trump World is under full attack. Anyone who's in Trump World associated with anything having to even remotely be around or have any communication with the president or anyone around Mark Meadows or anybody on January sixth. Um, Ginny Thomas. Now they're talking about Scanvino. They're talking about. Obviously, um, we've already seen what they've done. I mean, it's just we've never seen anything like this. It's just a, it just a uh, Stalinist-like uh, firing squad. This this January sixth committee, and it, and they know that the clock is ticking. That that's you can. It just reeks of um, the lowest form of politics, which of course Liz Cheney and. Adam Kinzinger, I'm more than happy to be a part of and obliged by. But it just reeks of desperation. And it just reeks as uh, they hear the time clicking in the back of their empty little heads. Because they know once the midterms are here, that's the end of this uh, charade. And that's all it is. I hear I, I mean, I'm driving in and I hear Shepard Smith. Remember him? Oh, of course not. Shepard Smith on um, yeah. CNBC, wherever he is now. I think he's got about ten people watching every night. He leads his newscast. I'm listening to it on Sirius XM driving in. Insurrection Day. What happened on Insurrection Day? That's how he leads. He's calling it Insurrection Day. The president. There's a timeline. His phone disappeared for nine hours. Who was he talking to? And what was he talking on? That's his lead tonight. <laughs> this, this is the same guy when there was a storm headed to New Orleans who was screaming on the TV. And I remember it saying, you, if you don't leave, you will die. This the same guy. He was on Fox at the time yeah. telling people you're going to die if you stay in New Orleans. Guess what? Most of the people stayed. They didn't die. But that that that's that's this you know my hair's on fire pearl clutching media is like oh, oh my goodness ugh yeah they're terrible but um so anyways Mr Solomon will join us I thought the president was great with them they did a great job it was fantastic it was and it looked great kudos to Harry and the crew Corey and everybody Parker who was there they did a great job of production president looked great it was lit nice camera shots were nice real nice shots over Amanda's uh, shoulder. Really looked good. Wasn't your typical just two camera boring? Yeah, they did a great job. Really good job. Um, so we'll 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 talk to Mr. Solomon. Maybe we'll rewatch some of the president. He really looked energetic. I'm interested in John's take on the president's whole kind of where he's going with the mayor of Moscow, given obviously what's going on with Ukraine and Russia right now, calling for calling for Putin to release any information he has on the Biden crime family, I think is an in- it's interesting that he's doing it right now. So I want to talk to him about that. Especially because the, you know, the media is constantly talking about how Putin 
and Trump are in love with each other, and he's Putin's, yeah. you know, in Putin's pocket. You know, they just love that narrative. Like they just love to give you the A B simplified. Oh, Putin evil, Trump like Putin, Trump equals evil. You know, so for him to even call on him whatsoever, you know, it just fuel the fire. But I, I, that's just a typical Trump movie. He just doesn't care. And uh, just to, just to finish a thought on this January sixth wrecking ball, there's a piece in Breitbart today. So, as I was saying, contempt charges now against Dan Scavino based on false claims by January 6th committee. And that was, uh, I guess, what's, this was yesterday. They voted to recommend Monday that former White House communications official Dan Scavino be held in criminal contempt of Congress based on false claims by the committee that Scavino refused to comply with it. Uh, correspondence reviews reviewed by Breitbart News indicates clearly that Scavino's attorneys informed the committee that he was willing to cooperate, <laughs> but was concerned about violating executive privilege. Of course, Mr. Scavino has traveled with President Trump. Everywhere you go, you see, you know, he's taking photos of him getting out of the helicopter, or getting on the helicopter, you know, all these kind of, I don't want to call them glamour shots, but, you know, that he was kind of almost like a social media kind of, he did, he did a lot of stuff. Photojournalism, but, if you Yeah, know. he took a lot of pictures. A lot of the stuff we saw, he put together these little things for, for Twitter and social media. Um, he said, these are two separate issues, neither of which the committee addressed in the contempt report that was the basis for the vote yesterday evening. Though the courts have ruled against former President Donald Trump's assertion of executive privilege over some documents held by the National Archives, they have not ruled on whether executive privilege would also be invalid regarding Scavino-requested testimony, for example, about verbal communications he may have had with the president. Moreover, as Scavino's attorneys pointed out to the committee, the scope of the committee's request for testimony was both vague and ever-expanding. Well, of course it was, because all, it, whatever it takes to get Trump is the scope of the, what they want. However, whatever it takes, they'll go down as deep and dirty as they can until they've decided that they got him. Because that's the only goal of this whole committee is to try to get to somebody or something, real or fake, doesn't matter, so that they can prevent Trump from running in 24. That is the only goal this committee has before the midterms no other goal in the end they don't give a damn about scavino they don't give a damn about meadows they don't give a damn about anything but if they can use any of them to get to trump or somehow make the appearance of getting them that's all they care about ruin torture whatever they have to do to anybody else to get to him is the only goal of this disaster of a committee the contempt report does not address the question of whether there would be any limit to the inquiry. Well, of course not. They don't want any limits. Instead, it makes unsubstantiated claims that Scavino, quote, may have had advanced warning about the potential for violence on January 6th. Well, let me tell you who else had advanced warning of, uh, of it, and that would be Nancy Pelosi. Yep. They want to go through, well, it's phone for six hours. I'll tell you what, why don't we make a deal the president will answer any questions about his phone for four, six hours, as long as Pelosi gives us every damn record of who she talked to on that day and the days leading up to it. How about that? And McConnell, too. And the sergeant-in-arms, too. How about we just lay all the cards on the damn table? 
oh, we don't want to do that now. The goal is to get Trump, remember. Not the rest of us. Not the truth. Yep. No, 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 no. Nancy can't turn over her phone records. We need just the president's phone records. Maybe we can get some of that footage that's floating around, eh? Remember the 14, was it 14,000 14, hours of, of tape? We closed get a, circuit Could we get a gander at that? The most highly televised and surveilled place on the planet? Yeah, but we they, might want to take a gander. But they still can't find the bomber. Yeah. That's really weird. And then, of course, remember during the second impeachment, as soon as they said, oh, we're going we're, we're gonna to call witnesses. Oh, okay, you guys want to call witnesses? We, we, we got a list here. Nancy Pelosi's at the top of ours. We'd like to talk to her first. Oh, we're not going to take witnesses. Let's just vote. Yeah. Remember what happened? Yeah. Scampered away. They got to hide everything. Why? Because they're liars. They're li- and the worst part about it is they think you're stupid. But the it's problem not that is, they're stupid. They think you're stupid. You know, I got to tell you, people are stupid. I know friends of mine who used to be Trump cop. A cop in particular. I just people b- believe that Trump started an insurrection, and they can't wrap their head around the fact they were lied to. Yeah, it's stunning to me. They don't see the the nonsense. I I heard a kid the other day say, "Oh, you know, it's a good thing. You know, you got to watch the news because then then you know what's what's going to happen." Huh? Yeah, I heard someone else say, you got to watch both sides, CNN and Fox. Then you really know what the enemy and the... Oh, my God. Who are you talking about here, boy? I, I, Good luck. They're both terrible. But what was stunning was you got to watch the news so you can see what's going to happen. See what's going to happen. No, the news is supposed to report what happened, not to tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> I, I, was, I was dumbfounded. I, I couldn't believe the amount of stupid I was standing next to. <laughs> Ugh. Uh, just to finish this before we hit the break, the contempt report claims that it identified specific topics for Scavino to address, but as a letter from Scavino's attorney noted on February 8th, the committee also told his attorneys that it reserves the right to question Mr. Scavino about other topics because we don't want any rules around the committee and what we can do and how low we can go and what we can look at and what we can subpoena because we're an investigative body, you know even though we don't have any authority really to be an investigative body, we're an investigative body now. And as long as we can ruin you to get to him, well, screw you, you're out, as long as we get to him. That's all we care about. All right, just getting started. John Solomon joins us at 845. News and sports coming up. the hour live from studio 6b interacting with the uh getter crowd here real am voice streaming in the uh, commercial breaks which i like to do what's going on hemi 1500 in the chat uh tommy damon i think we're losing out to some uh cowboy logic i like the guys from cowboy logic i'm gonna have them on the show one of these days they're great at, they're great at the uh, rallies too i see them they're they're out there uh Susie says slick rick with a bunch of hearts and speaking of Slick Rick, let's get to Slick Rick now with a bunch of hearts. It's time for sports. Sports Aww. is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell and MyPillow, <laughs> MyPillow.com. Use our code LFS6B. 
man, I get so many messages about people who get their stuff. It seems like everybody gets their stuff and then they want to tell me they got their stuff and how great it is. And I love that. So uh, LFS6B for anywhere between 10, 20 to 60% off, whatever you whatever you um, order. Works on most items. LFS6B at checkout. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Big D. Well, the NFL owners approved modified overtime proposal. Looking good tonight, playoffs. Slick Rick. I got to tell you. Thank you, Big Looking D. Looking good. Nice uh, jacket with My the Western look. I'm going to be on okay. gun smoke. We're going to get you a hat. Would I mean, you wear a cowboy hat? Sure, of course I would. Absolutely. We're going to go shopping together. Maybe we'll If film he wears it. a cowboy hat, Indian headdress. I got to have rhinestones, baby. Like, Hi, Chief Warren. Hi, Chief, uh, <laughs> Chief Ball over here. Hop along, kids at each. I saw Warren this morning, not to take away from sports here, but just made me think. I saw Warren on CNBC this morning. Oh, my God. I mean, I just want to throw things at the TV. <laughs> I just want to throw things at the TV. This woman is just, uh, I just, I'm, I don't know. She's a fraud, too. Oh, my God. It's just unbelievable. Uh, all right. What's going on, sports, Rick? Because Buffalo Bills fans were throwing things at the TV during the playoffs last year. The NFL owners have approved modified overtime proposal for the playoffs. Victor Barbosa of Yard Barker reporting. The NFL owners approved a modified proposal by the Indianapolis Colts and Philadelphia Eagles today that will see a change to overtime rules that ensures both teams receive possession before moving to a sudden death format. The rule will apply only in playoff games. The proposal came in the aftermath of the Kansas City Chiefs' overtime postseason victory against the Buffalo Bills in January that saw the Chiefs score a touchdown as the only offensive possession of the extra time frame. Three-fourths of the owners voting in favor of the new rule was needed. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the final tally was 29-3 to in favor of the change. The vote took place this afternoon at the annual league meetings. The current overtime rule has teams allowed to win in bonus time on the opening possession if they score a touchdown and will stay in place for regular season. Season contest, so it's still the same thing. I don't you like know, it. I know you didn't like it. I, I don't, don't like it. Yeah. You can't let a team go sixty yards in three in, in thirteen seconds. Learn how to play defense. You can't blame that on the rules. I yeah. think the playoffs should be a ten minute, you know, overtime. Just like a real, just a full period. Let everyone touch the ball, and and that's that. But what if it's still tied? It just goes then down. Do another tie. ten. And it's a war of attrition. Well, the reason why they looked at it was over the past decade, teams that won the overtime coin flip in the postseason were 10 and 2. 93%, right? Yeah, 10 and 2, mm. uh, including uh, seven of those 10 wins coming on the opening possession. So, you know, I guess they wanted to make a move, give te- both teams the opportunity. And if they both score or they both don't score, it goes to sudden death, and that's oh. it. Nobody can complain. Yeah, they so. made it fair. Let's make it fair. Well, Should everybody get a trophy balance. at the I, end of the game, too? I don't mind fair. I mean, fair. I like fair. Well, I don't. I don't like the quality of outcome. I like opportunity. You yeah. know, like well, can... you have the opportunity. Your defense <laughs> no, you has an no, opportunity no, to stop. The, no, you don't stop the ball. No, 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 no. The, yeah, no, they do. You don't. No, you don't. You don't have. It's not even remotely fair. Why not? Because it's ten and one going into last year, and it's ten and two now. The team who get wins the coin toss. It's not remotely fair. It right, doesn't. But, it but takes away the competitive. Is, game comes is down it because to the toss. defense? Is just not. Listen, up to you it? Can, we can do that. We can go back and forth just all asking. day long. I'm telling you, this is the right. It should be a ten. Everyone should. It should be another quarter of football. I'm saying ten minutes to appease the babies who don't want the guys getting hurt over an extra five minutes of football. I, they I gotta see. let them. Talk, they gotta play it like and should have two timeouts. I say 15 minutes and see who's winning at the end. That's what I, I like that rule personally. Well, I would rather have 15, but I was just trying to. No. Let them play. They get but paid enough. But you're right. Enough. Then you hear about his injuries and the players, ah, the players won't go for that. They get paid enough. There's no way you get the players to go for it. Yeah. I like I the college no sudden death format. I, got, I don't mind that. I love that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the college format is cool. Um, I, I would be cool with that. 
That would be awesome. I got two great golf stories tonight. Let me get to one. Speaking of great, that this is from The Hill. Trump issues a statement claiming hole-in-one on Florida course. Former President Trump on Monday touted in his statement hitting a hole-in-one while playing at his golf club in West Palm Beach, Florida on Saturday after some social media users questioned his abilities. Trump just made the hole-in-one. Tim Swain, a Republican running for a Senate in South Carolina, captioned the photo, posted to Twitter over the weekend. The photo showed Trump celebrating on the green with Hall of Fame golfer Ernie Els, Gene Sowers, Ken Duke, and Mike Gudis. Uh, several commenters on the tweet cast doubt on the claim, prompting Trump to defend his uh, accomplishment, saying it was 100% true. Many people are asking, so I'll give it to you now. It, it is 100% true, Trump wrote in his statement late Monday, which included the video of Trump walking to the hole. Despite there being a rather strong wind, the ball bounced twice and then went clank into the hole at the seventh hole, uh, scoring him a hole in one, Trump said. These great tour players notice it before I did because they're eyes are slightly better, but on that note, one hole only, their swings weren't. So it was good. good. He, he said, according to Trump, the International Golf Club website, the seventh hole involves a water element that guards the front and right side of the par three hole. Trump ended his statement by saying he wouldn't discuss who won the game. I won't tell you who won because I am very modest. And I am a very modest individual. <laughs> yeah. and then say I was bragging and I don't like people who brag, he said. So they went wild with that, of course, on Twitter. But uh, listen, I don't think Ernie L's big day would be there to lie about no. Donald Trump putting a hole in one. Anybody that plays no golf way. knows the gentleman's game. You don't You don't lie. No. Ernie L's and you get three professionals playing with him. They don't lie about stuff like that. Come ever, on. ever, ever. The but etiquette again, is so ingrained in them from the time right. they're born. Because it's the name, because who it is, is all got to be questioned. Yeah. I'm surprised they didn't blame Russia. Someone didn't run up on the green from Russia and put it in. Well, Putin was his caddy. Another conspiracy. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Big D, that's a rapid sports. Back to you. All right. Very good. Slick Rick, thanks. We'll do more sports. Uh, let's do a little news. New with the news is Paul Nolan. News is brought to you by our friends at Seven Cells.com. SevenCells.com for all of your health and wellness. Use our code LFS6B at checkout for 10% off. What's going on, Paul? Well, the um, America's favorite uh, little garden gnome, Fauci's at it again. He has warned about the potential for reinstatement of COVID-19 restrictions in the United States. Sure. He told BBC on Sunday, we need to prepare for the possibility of an uptick in COVID-19 cases, which may lead to further restrictions. Yeah. And he said, I don't want to use the word lockdowns. That has a charged element to it. Yeah, it's called tyranny, um, but I believe that we must keep our eye on a pattern, and we're seeing with infections, and obviously cases, hospitalizations, and deaths of the virus have dropped significantly in the United States since the winter surge, but uh, he's still uh, he's still putting his warnings out there, and as Rick and I would say, kind of preconditioning us is the way I, I see it uh, for the most part. So... Uh, you know, uh, I don't know if you saw Biden uh, has made lynching a federal hate crime. Um, I guess that if we needed to know that. I mean, so President B uh, Biden on, uh, on Tuesday signed the Emmett Till Anti-Lynching Act into law. The bill was named after Emmett Till, a black teenager whose 1955 Mississippi slaying was a major event that contributed to the start of the civil rights movement. So, um, you know, he's uh, you know, in, in the news there. Um, um, did we, did, I just don't even know why. Was this not a hate, I, obviously, I uh, guess not. How is, of course it's a hate crime. I just don't understand, like, is this just I, a I don't, PR I don't even, I saw this headline and I, I'm thinking to myself, do we, we needed this or wasn't this already a, yeah. Why, why, why <laughs> this bill? against the law. <laughs> right. It's yeah, just, is this like, like a, to um, me, it's just another one of those like virtual signaling, 
give him some good press and like for all the people who are still dying on the hill that they support him and they won't admit that they were duped. So, no, uh, but I'm can I? I just want to be serious. If I sound stupid, I apologize for sounding stupid. It certainly wouldn't be the first time, uh, even tonight. Um, was this not a hate crime already? How could, I thought. I, I guess not. But they just passed it uh, today, so I. I just think that falls into the common sense crime. I mean, it was you, not a federal hate crime. It may right. be a hate crime in some other places, but federally, it was not until today, which kind of boggles your mind that it took yeah. this long for that to happen. Yeah, I mean, it's a lynching for God's sakes. Uh, yeah, I saw the headline and I, I, I was like, uh, really? Yeah. Live from Studio 6B, 26 past the hour. John Solomon joining us at 845. We'll do some news. A uh, couple things I want to go over. Hunter Biden's laptop is one of them. And a study out of a um, outfit called Public Choice. <laughs> outfit on that. Oh, that outfit. <laughs> <laughs> from Studio 6B, 30 minutes past the hour. On a Wednesday night, Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's got a What Even Is That coming up tonight. Um, what's coming up in your What Even Is That? It, it, it has to do with the, uh, the, the, the words matter when it comes to President Biden. Well, actually, words don't matter when it comes to him. He can say whatever the hell he wants and just, you know, well, he wasn't feeling good or he ate too much jalapeno pizza and just... Don't worry about what he says. He didn't say it anyways. It didn't happen. <laughs> That's right. Didn't, didn't happen. Didn't that didn't happen? Nope. Didn't happen. These are not the these are not the statements you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, keep those statements out of your mouth. <laughs> um, just one more point on this out of control Nancy Pelosi hit squad. USA Today has a piece today. Listen to this. <laughs> just DOJ seeks a hundred and thirty one. More prosecutors for January 6th cases as investigation of Capitol riot continues. Wow. The request for additional personnel was part of the Justice Department's budget proposal unveiled on Monday. The Justice Department is seeking 131 more attorneys to pursue prosecution streaming from the sprawling investigation into the deadly Capitol attack. I don't think anybody died. I think we've been through this, right? Yeah. Other than Ashley Babbitt, who we still don't. Of course, they don't want to talk about that. And there was another woman that died, too. I forget her name. Signaling no immediate end to one of the largest criminal inquiries in U.S. history. The request for additional personnel was part of the Justice Department's $37.7 billion 2023 budget proposal unveiled Monday by Deputy Attorney General Lisa Monaco. More than 775 people have been charged so far, so far in connection with the attack, though justice has repeatedly declined to comment on whether the investigation includes the conduct of former President Donald Trump, his advisors, or other members of the administration in inciting the assault or seeking to overturn the 2020 election. I mean, just none of that is accurate. It's just so ridiculous. Federal judge ruled Monday. Now, this is a story within itself, by the way. And I don't know who this federal judge is. 
but a federal judge ruled Monday that it was likely. Now think about this. A judge, federal judge, comes out and says it was likely that Trump likely corruptly attempted to obstruct Congress from certifying the 2020 election. Well, how do you how does a federal judge come to that conclusion? Oh, that's simple, Damon. Wasn't he? Uh, Ask yourself who appointed that judge. Yeah, and wasn't exactly. he? Didn't that judge actually work for Bill Clinton uh, about fifteen years ago or twenty years ago? I, I'm ding, not ding, sure ding, if ding. I have that correct. I think we have a winner. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't like Trump, D. Yeah. I mean, a judge from the bench is supposed to do what? From I, I I'm no I'm like Paul I'm just a caveman, but from what I understand, a judge you know takes has the facts presented to them and then makes rulings on those facts. Correct. U.S. District Judge David Carter quote the illegality of the plan was obvious. Well, what has he seen? <laughs> what plan? He he must have access to Adam Schiff's stuff. U.S. District Judge David Carter in California wrote in, a, in approving the transfer of Trump legal advisor John Eastman's email, see they're after Eastman too, to a special house committee investigating the attack. Quote, based on the evidence, what evidence? The evidence that Pelosi gave you, that, that, that um, Cheney gave you? What evidence? The court finds it more likely than not that's a new take for for a judge well um we find more likely than not you're guilty get him out of here i'm just going on a hunch you're guilty because your name is trump more likely than not president trump corruptly attempted to obstruct the joint session of congress on january 6th to do that would undermine an element of the rule of law that we treat like cases alike without regard to the subject matter, Garland said. Merrick Garland. We will not shy away from January 6th investigation. So you, you, you get the point here. 131 more prosecutors. You have a federal judge in California, Clinton-appointed judge, coming out and making determinations based on so-called evidence that he probably hasn't seen. I mean, it's just it's just out of control. It's very Stalin-esque, right? You, you it's think? a sh- show me a man and I'll, I'll find you the crime. That kind of thinking. Yeah. That's all they want to do. Definitely. The, the, you're supposed to have probable cause and then, you know, go forward and look for, you know, do some investigations and then say, you know what? Based on everything we've gathered here, this person looks like they could be the person who committed this crime. Not, hey, we really hate Trump. Um, let's just let's just throw a net out there and gather up everybody who, who knows this guy and maybe we'll find something. Well, what has he done? Don't worry about it. He had to have done something. And you can tell they're getting super frustrated because New York State still has not been able to find anything. Oh, well, he's avoiding taxes. Really? The IRS has been watching this guy for how long and they haven't found it? They're really good at the tax thing, I heard. Yep. Yeah, they love their money. Yeah. They, you know, I think they got a 97% conviction rate, the IRS. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's, hey, is Trump, like, has sorry. Trump not been under more scrutiny than any person in the history of America? He's the most investigated person probably ever. In yeah, the history of the... Without a doubt. <laughs> right? That's not even a joke, right? We're not even... That's not hyperbole. Right. 
I mean, that's is the truth. Not a joke, they folks. Won't, they, they won't stop on, with it. Come on, man. Not a joke. Come on, man. <laughs> that guy over there, the outfit over there, that guy, the secretary of uh, basket weaving, he told me. Hey, G, is 16 the, um, the Trump on uh, Hunter Biden? Does he talk about that in that clip? All right, let's let's hear sixteen, and then I'm going to get into this Margot Cleveland article from the Federalist. Roll, roll, uh, roll sixteen, sir. When you handed over the keys to 1600, the world was pretty peaceful. What? Gas was two dollars. Very peaceful. Actually. Inflation was down to almost nothing. Uh, the border was completely secured in a way we haven't seen in decades. Right. Now it's a mess. Uh, I want to start with Ukraine and Russia. What would you do if you got back in office to try to put that situation back together to get peace in Eastern Europe? And do you think the president made a big mistake when he called out and said he wanted Putin removed from power? So, first of all, it would have never happened. I have to say that. This would have never happened, Ukraine. And I spoke to Putin about it. I know Putin very well. I spoke to him about a lot of things. And I spoke to him about Ukraine because I know he wanted it. But he knew he could not do it. Not with me. And I don't have to go into the statement, but you know what the statement I made was. But it was a strong statement. Don't do it. It was a strong statement. And he didn't do it. And he wouldn't have done it. You know, I, I see where Sleepy Eyes Chuck Todd on NBC <laughs> meet the fake press. He goes, he goes out and he said to somebody something. I said, I couldn't believe it. Maybe I'll have to change my mind about Chuck Todd. Because he said, how come this never happened in Trump? There were no planes flying over Taiwan. There were no threats. Now Taiwan's under threat, serious threat. And there were, there was nothing, nothing happened in Ukraine. You didn't even really hear about Ukraine with all of a sudden I'm out and, and they start forming on the border. And I actually thought it was a negotiating ploy. I thought it was very smart because they said, that's a good way to negotiate, but it wasn't. No, and I think if Putin no. had it to do again, he would have maybe done everything the same, but he wouldn't have gone in. No, I thought he was negotiating. And so did a lot of people. Uh, most people didn't think he'd do this. And I think what forced him to do it was uh, Afghanistan. When he saw how bad we, how incompetently we handled that removal, and I'm the one that got it down to 2,000 soldiers, except we're going to keep Bagram because of China. It's right next to China, one hour where they make their, one hour away from where they make their nuclear weapons. Uh, I think what happened, he was on the border. He had 200,000 people. He was negotiating. He was going to make a good deal. And then he saw what happened in Afghanistan. And he said, man, these guys are incompetent. Let's go in. And he didn't know the force that he'd be met with. It was pretty big force. I think a lot of Americans are recognizing that the problems we are experiencing right now were not a reality when you were in the White House. If you run and win in 2024, as far as foreign policy, the foreign policy blunders, the JCPOA, Afghanistan, Russia, Ukraine, if you run and win, and you have to triage all of those issues, what do you think is the most important to tackle first? Well, I loved your question, especially the first part, because these things, would have we would have never been talking. I'll give you an example, supply chain. You go to a store, they don't have bread. We're like a third world country. They don't have things. You go to buy something at Tiffany, you go to buy something at a hardware store, high, low, they don't have product. They say, even me, when I order things like for furnishings, for a building or something, they say it's going to take nine months to get it. Used to be like same day service. Um, supply chain, 
we never even heard the term. It wasn't like the, the system was working. The system's totally broken. Our system is broken. And we're going into socialism and we're going into communism. You know, I see where the people of Russia don't know they're, they're in a war. It's very interesting. Well, our people, we're treated the same. We're, we're getting to that point. As an example with Hunter Biden, where they didn't report any of the, you know, activities on the laptop. But it was worse than that, you know that. It wasn't like they didn't report. They knew it was bad. It was, they say, 17 points bad for Biden. And, and we won it by a lot anyway, but that way you couldn't have, it was so big. And so seven, it made a 17 point difference. And then they announced a year, almost a year and a half later, that by the way, we got it wrong. But they didn't get it wrong, they did that on purpose. And so did other of the media. And they said the laptop was made by Russia. Think of it. In all fairness, Putin at that time must have thought we were nuts. He'd be probably, he had to be laughing. He's probably sitting back. And we made him look good because if it was done by Russia, it was so genius, right? But it wasn't done by Russia. It had nothing to do with Russia, Russia, Russia. But they made it Russia. Russia's always the bad one. You ever notice it's never China. No, it's, it's always, always Russia. Russia, Russia, Russia. Well, that's because they're all making <laughs> money out of China. They're rehearsing all your China No, no, all the crooked politicians yeah. are making money out of that's what it China. Is. I think we have a lot of things we have to do. We have to immediately seal up the border. And we have to get a lot of the people out because many of these people came from prisons in these countries. And last month, there were 129 countries. It's no longer just those few countries, including Mexico. Harry talked talk about, about this. All the time. It's now like 140 countries. Some people said they didn't know there were that many. They're just flooding in. And they're almost all letting their prisoners out into the United States. Why wouldn't they? It's very expensive keeping prisoners, and they don't want them anyway. So that's one thing we have to do. Uh, we have to straighten out inflation, which we can do much easier than people know. I, I think if you got the energy cost, you know, I had energy down to $1.87 a gallon. Think of that. Uh, Forget about the price per barrel. All right, G. Because most people... Well, I wanted to get to the Hunter Biden party. Did a little bit in there. I think the next clip will play, but Mr. Solomon's going to join us, Fran. He says he's ready, by the way. We can get him up. Uh, Mr. Solomon's going to join us to talk about this interview here coming up, and we'll, we'll get to Hunter Biden's laptop uh, by Margot Cleveland today. Hunter Biden's laptop at this point is a national security threat. We'll talk about that. Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday, John Solomon joins us here when we get back in a quick three minutes. Welcome the great John Solomon to the show. He's been nice enough to give us a few moments tonight. I know he's on a tight schedule. Mr. Solomon, how are you? Hey, it's good to be with you guys. Well, Always we got just... time for 6B. <laughs> Thank you very much. We just played a little bit of the interview. We all, I watched it six. I mean, it was just, I, I mean, not because you're here and you know how I feel about you, but I mean, it was really fantastic. I thought you and the man did a great job because you asked easy questions for him to answer and you let him talk on basic things that people want to know about. 
What was your overall – I mean, he looked healthy. He looked energetic. What was your overall takeaway from your time with the president? You know, he has a sense of urgency that the country he grew up in, that his, his kids were raised in, is slipping away. He talked about it being a social, one click away from socialism and communism. And so there's a sense of urgency. And then once you understand that that's kind of where his head is, you now see him form the beginnings of Trump Doctrine 2.0, Trumpism 2.0, because he had one thing to make America great. He did that. He, had, he did his record. And then Joe Biden came in and took the country in places where I don't think even Donald Trump expected and now he has a plan. You can see him formulating a plan. If I get in or if my candidate gets in, if I don't run, this is how Republicans take control of this company, country and get it back to what Americans know America to be. Uh, we were really struck by his, his, his keen sense of policy thought. He's thought through a lot of things in this time that he's been down and out of office. Um, uh, inflation. You know, we talked about inflation. You know, the first thing is, oh, we'll raise interest rates. He said, you know what? This is much easier. Get energy prices down and everything else that's dependent on it comes down with it. So he's done a lot of thinking about how he would fix the, the sort of mess we find ourselves in this moment. Yeah. A um, couple things that I that really struck me about it. Um, number one, he was, you know, when he's, you see him at the rallies and things happen, like Gates gets up there and does the whole Speaker of the House thing. And he yeah. goes, oh, interesting idea. And he plays to the crowd yeah. a little bit. He does. It struck me how direct he was with you on that is not something I'm interested in and kind of the whole gimmicky kind of let's play gotcha with, with president Trump making him speaker. He was very direct and kind of put an end to that, that I have, that's not something I'm even thinking about. Yeah, no, there were, he put a stop sign. That's over with, put a fork in that one. That one's done. You know, it's fun. It's interesting. A lot of, he said, a lot of people have said it to me. It's not what I want to do. It's clear that he has one mission. He either wants to be president or he wants to make sure the person that is president in 2024 carries on the Trump to, you know, the Trump doctrine and, and gets this country to where it needs to be. Because as he said, he doesn't recognize the country we're living in right now. We're a click away from socialism. We don't have a free press. He, uh, he had some pretty remarkable uh, lines of, that give you a sense of how dissatisfied he is. And at the end of the day, he's channeling the inner Americans' concerns, right? Whether you're a small business owner or a parent that got caught in this uh, crazy cancel culture or school radical um, agendas, uh, he's channeling all that anger. And that's the Donald Trump that really was effective in 25 and 2016. He carried the burdens of the American people and he translated them on television in simple marketing terms. We're going to build a wall, right? And, and, and you get a sense now that he, he wants to do that one more time, either as a candidate or as the, or as the godfather who picks the candidate. Yeah. Amanda's, I thought, had a really good question, and it got to kind mm -hmm. of an issue that we've talked about on this show a lot. And she asked him about some of his endorsements because you look at some of his endorsements and, you, and then you look at who he endorsed and who they're running against and you think, well, I think I'm for the, you know, the Robbie Starbuck in, in Tennessee stands out to me. He, he, he goes yeah. with, I think, uh, Ortega, uh, is, what her, is that her name? Morgan Ortega. Yeah, Morgan Ortega. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Right. So people look at that and they go, huh? And then, um, so she asked him about that. But yep. do you have a sense that he, I know it's hard to read from him because sometimes, you know, he does, obviously there's things that he's not going to admit mistakes. But when you look back, think of the one complaint you have about 45 is that if you look at some of the people who were around him, who end up being yeah. regulars on The View, end up writing all these books. And I mean, you can go down the list of all these people. Do you think he yeah. steps back and reflects and says, how did these people, if, if they're going to be a permanent per, per, uh, personality on The View, 
they probably don't yeah. line up with my vision for the country. How did they get here in the first place? Do you think he yeah. has any reflection he, about that and what he'd do oh, differently I'm next time? I, I had a meeting with him. It really wasn't an interview, but I was just working on a store and I wanted to get educated. And uh, so it was, uh, you know, just sort of, a, I wasn't taking notes, but, uh, you know, we were talking about how important personnel decisions are. <laughs> he turned around to me and said, boy, I picked some doozies at the beginning of this administration. He had a big smile on his face. Uh, he does understand that. And I think, you know, if he were to get into office again, uh, I think he would be much more selective on who he would pick. And I think the end of his administration, he had some very strong people that I think were in sync with him. But the beginning of it, the Ryan's previous experience, uh, the generals who didn't mesh with him, I think he's learned that uh, you know establishment people are not a good fit for him. He needs rebels because he's a rebel. And I think going forward, he wants glass breakers around him, competent, smart, legal people that you know trained, but they're not afraid to break glass. He doesn't like people who say one thing and do another. And that, that, that was really apparent when he explained why he dropped Mo Brooks. If you say you're going to do something, for God's sakes, do it. And I think he was surrounded by a lot of staff who talked the game and then wouldn't walk the walk. And, and he's not going to pick that person the next time around. He's made that clear to me in many of the conversations we've had. Yeah. When I listen to him say to you guys about the why did the mayor of Moscow, and he brings that back up, uh, there's yeah. to me there's more about him picking up that line than just kind of at surface what you hear is it is is it because we think hunter biden is now closer at least if you listen to what peter schweitzer says and some others who have done the research like you guys have that an indictment might be closer you see some of the reporting about these bio labs and the obama connection to it the biden connection to it and some of the emails now that maybe you know russia charged that he was uh, hunter was involved with a firm that may have been lending support to that and some of the emails on his laptop may now back that up do you think the president yeah. is specifically picking this line of going back to this whole mayor of moscow asking president putin to release anything he has specifically for a specific reason now listen i think there's one reason he's been watching the headlines the last couple of days and the more that biden gaffed on the trip the more cnn and the new york times tried to make him look like winston churchill and ronald reagan oh these things are going to turn out to be right 20 years from now i i don't know about that but um i think he just he has to remind people the guy that cnn's calling winston churchill or or ronald reagan making allusions compared that's the guy whose son had his hand in the russian oligarch cookie jar just a few years ago and i think he wanted to make that point uh and you know listen he knew it was provocative oh my god ask putin to do this in the middle of a war he knew exactly what he's doing it was his way of saying don't be fooled by Joe Biden. His family was cashing in on that guy until right up until the point when this war started. And I, that was his calculation. He's always believed the Biden family was crap. He said that early on when I broke the first story about the Bidens in spring of 2019. He, he knew it. I think he wanted to remind people, don't buy this war line that he's some Winston Churchill. He's a guy who's a, you know, a crony capitalist whose son was cashing in. That, that was all that was his rhetorical way of accomplishing that. Yeah. Uh, a couple quickies before I know I have to let you go. Um, SCOTUS, I've been screaming about why the Republicans don't, you know, play hardball here in this Rule 26 where if they don't have enough votes, it can't get out of committee. And that's how you can fight back against this because right. I keep hearing people say, well, there's nothing we can do. Just let it go through. I mean, this woman seems pretty radical. I don't think I think you got to I know you got to pick your fights, but you made a good point to me before we came on the air on why you think that's not going to happen or there's been no talk about it other than maybe Rand Paul. Why? 
Yeah, listen, I think uh, a lot of the Republicans I've talked to uh, from, you know, uh, who are getting their instructions from Mitch McConnell, they feel like the Democratic base is incredibly depressed right now. They're not going to come out and vote. They're disappointed with Biden. There's civil war going on in their party between the Manchin wing and the, and the AOC wing. Don't give them a reason to get activated and, and feel offended and make a, a case that this woman was wrongly treated. Let this one go through. Listen, it's going to be 6-3 no matter what. Get this over with, win the election, so that maybe you get a few more nominees in the bucket next year. And listen, they're playing long ball. They want to save this country before Biden's policies become too irreversible. And uh, that's what most of the people I talk to, it, you know, it's probably not heartening for people to hear it, but po politics is often uh, an art of calculation. And the Republicans are making a calculation. Let's keep the base of the Democratic Party depressed whoop their butt in the election, and then start making changes to the bigger picture. We're still going to have a 6-3 majority on the court. Yeah. Well, I know you got to go, and I know you're busy, and I want to thank you so much for giving us a few moments. I thought you and Amanda did absolutely fantastic with 45. Like yeah. I said, he looked energetic. Love being with Amanda. Great. She's a fantastic. Yeah, and yeah, I thought he so gave you guys great answers. Him. Great interview. John Solomon, thanks so much for joining thank us. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Love your show. All right. The great John Solomon. Just the news, not noise. 6 p.m. every night. John and Amanda, 6 p.m. right here on Real America's Voice. Live from Studio 6B. More to do on a Wednesday. Hour 2 coming up. Live from Studio 6B. Glad you're in. Paul Nolan's going to do some news. Rick Delgado's got What Even Is That coming up. Rick Amorati's going to have more sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. Always great to have John Solomon on with us. Of course, spent the day yesterday at Mar-a-Lago with President uh, Trump. Great interview aired tonight at 6 p.m. on Just the News, Not Noise. John and Amanda did a great job. Asked great questions and let the president speak. Didn't get in the way. Didn't try to prove how smart they are like most people do. It was just great. We played a little bit of it. We'll play some more if we have a chance. We'll also um, try to play a little bit of Matt Gates' interaction today with the FBI cyber guy who was testifying because, uh, speaking of Hunter Biden's laptop, it was a pretty, um, the little that I've heard of it is quite the exchange. So if we have time, we'll get to that as well. Uh, we got some other things to get to. Disaster in the press briefing room today with Kate Bedingfield. She, I mean, <laughs> I'm starting to think Saki may not come back. <laughs> and she just may end up she next time we see her may be uh msnbc at eight o'clock on a new gig or something just perpetual covid is, is what's keeping her out yeah it just turns into a new gig yeah. i'm out of here and no no goodbye and just the next time we see her she's on cnn or msnbc or you know rt or something pushing her propaganda there for 40 mil a year whatever it's going to be because who, I mean, could you imagine trying to work in that press briefing room every day with this guy? I mean, you'd have to have a bottle of scotch underneath <laughs> the thing, you know? I'm That's sure it. she does. I mean, you'd have to have Glenn Levitt or uh, something. Some kind of Glenn. Yeah, it's Glenn, something 25, and it can't Giant be any walking. of these 14s or 12 either. That ain't going to get the job done. You so. can, are you kidding me? She, she, can have, that. she could have like Boone's Farm or Ripple. 
All right, it's time now for one of my walking new around favorite with box a one. <laughs> box. It's time now for one of my new favorite segments here on the show, and that, of course, is Rick Delgado with what? You Even okay? is that? <laughs> Such an idiot. Wow, I thought you got stuck there for a second, dude. That was, that was <laughs> dramatic pause for effect. I, I thought you were going to start whispering. Um, hey, um, remember there was a phrase that was used against uh, President Trump leading up to the last 2020 election. Um, how did it go again? The words of a president matter, no matter how good or bad that president is. Yes. A president can, by their words alone, no matter who they are, make markets rise or fall, make take us to war, bring us to peace. The words of a president matter. Yes, that's right. <laughs> he what said a it clip himself. That is. Exactly. The words of a president matter. Joe Biden, you saw it. He said it himself. While scolding President Trump during the 2020 campaign, he said it. Yet, if you've paid attention lately, and how could you have missed it? It seems that the words of a president, well, they do matter. Except, of course, if you're talking about this president, right? Uh, I'm sure. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure Biden didn't mean sanctions would actually deter President Putin. I mean, mean, even if that's what everyone else in his administration was saying, right? Sanctions never deter. Right. You keep talking about that. Come on. The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be deterrence. Uh The purpose of the sanctions in the first instance is to try to deter Russia from going to war. The president believes that sanctions are intended to deter. I feel like I've heard this before. Yeah, and I'm almost positive he didn't say that our 82nd Airborne would soon be in Ukraine or that Russia would be using chemical weapons, then then we would too, right? If chemical weapons were used in Ukraine, (laughs) would that trigger a military response from NATO? It would would trigger a response in kind. Ah, there it is. Yes, we would respond in kind, he said. And in kind, in this case, means, well, since words matter, I guess that means we would use chemical weapons, too. <laughs> um, that would just be like a war crime, Joe, and we all know how words matter. But let's face it, when it comes to Joe, sometimes they aren't even words. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international depression. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course you will. Good old true and national depression. <laughs> yes, Joe Biden, the cognitively deficient and defective wordsmith himself. <laughs> last week, well, last week he took his act on the road, and now he's playing live on the world stage where the entire world is watching. Yeah. Yeah. And you thought Russia invading Ukraine was a mess. Uh, how about the cleanup needed on aisle uh, 46? What's, it, what, what's, that, no, what's that number, Joe? To the word united. Get him, Joe. To the number. Get him, Joe. 330. 330. 330. Or 303. 303. Or POO. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Got it. Uh-oh. Yellow. Yeah. Okay. You're the best. You know. That whole toppling of a government in a foreign country, it's not like we haven't done that one before. Yeah. For God's sake, this man cannot remain power. Yeah, so here it is. The president of the United States now openly calling for the ouster of the president of the world's second largest nuclear power. Sure. I'm totally sure that would be, uh, I don't know, as smooth as another bald-headed wife joke. What is the five fingers? <laughs> Say <Side of> the face! <laughs> what? Slap! <laughs> but it's not like we weren't warned. 
long before he somehow wandered his way into the White House, right? That's clutch vintage. <laughs> I mean, from not knowing what. <laughs> you like that one, huh? <laughs> oh, man. I need that as a painting. If there's oh, any painters God. out there, <laughs> you should have that painting, and I'll send money to your favorite charity. That's, I need that? that in my den. I speak Polish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, from not knowing what state he is in. I love this place. I love, Look. What's not to like about Vermont in terms of the <laughs> To his elegant and precise quotes of our founding documents. Oh, yes. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the, go, you know the, you know the thing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course you do. In the background. But I think the, <laughs> I think, Paul, <laughs> the most disturbing part of this is when you see and hear all the walking back the White House has to do. Sure. The verbal gymnastics of the deep state media to try to cover for their puppet. One thing dawned on me. Realize this, that every time I see and hear the corrections, I think, wait. So you're apologizing and having to make a statement because the supposed leader of the free world is not allowed to speak off script. Yeah. I mean, what even is that? Seriously, not a joke. And it's not hyperbole either there, Joey Baby. Joey Baby. Right. Therefore, we are to conclude, are we to conclude, that they're admitting that Joe Biden is not allowed to speak freely yeah. But is handed what he is supposed to say. Yeah. You know, kind of like a person who is playing president and not really actually <laughs> the president. I love that movie. Well, if that doesn't inspire confidence in our current resident, then maybe his reciting of this historical and the inspirational words of our fallen president, John F. Kennedy, can get you fired up. I never forgot what President Kennedy said about going to the moon. Yeah. He said we're going. You know why? Because we refuse to postpone. Let's not huh? postpone and get out of the rain. God bless you all. Thank you. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Why the world? Like Kennedy what? said, let's, let's not postpone and, and get out of the... You know what? I, I seem to remember uh, <laughs> I seem to remember that differently. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Yes. And oh. to get out of the rain. Um, <laughs> you know, that's a little bit better. But you know what? When it comes to Biden, I think he said what we are all thinking about him. For God's sake, this man cannot remain powerful. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. No, you can't. Right no, you can't, Joe. Damon, back to you. That, that exactly was fire. Right. It might be the best one even is that, that ever. That was fire. Thank you. Fire, Bravo fire, fire. standing ovation. <laughs> Please send me that standalone clip. I'll share it nine times. Oh, my God. That was great, dude. That was just great. So true, by the way. So true when he said that. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international effort to pressure. Yeah, I think it's time to put that strategy into, into place. Right, should we give Gio a little love for all the help yeah, he put no, into that course. thing? I we mean, need a little true national depression here now, too. So <laughs> <laughs> let's get that kicking. And so it's not complicated See except the, the complicated part. And we choose to do things so we don't postpone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just stunning. Yeah, what a wordsmith he is. Oof.
All right, very good. Um, Nine minutes past the hour, live from Studio 6 p.m. on Wednesday. Let's do a little news. And here with the news is Paul Nolan. What's going on, Mr. Nolan? Do you want to move on from Gay Saver for the next... um... Yeah, we could do it at the bottom. So, you know, Trump calls on Putin to release the Hunter information. I had that story queued up. I just wanted to go over it real quick that, you know, he called on uh, Vladimir Putin to release the information he possesses on Hunter Biden's dealings with oligarchs in Eastern Europe. In an interview with Just the News television show, Airing, uh, obviously, today, uh, he asked why was there $3.5 million a decade ago to a company co-founded by President Joe Biden's son. So um, I just wanted to touch on that one real quick just because uh, I had it queued up. Well, Mark- I, I think we need to do more on this because it's it's utterly insane to me how powerful this story is, and it's going nowhere. Well, Margo, Margo Cleveland uh, had a piece in The Federalist. And she says, on Friday, Mrs. Last Friday, the Daily Mail reported that emails recovered from Hunter Biden's laptop showed that he helped an infectious disease research company pursue projects in Ukraine. Those emails confirm portions of charges that Russia made the previous day that in an investment group run by the now president's son had funded a company conducting research at biological laboratories in Ukraine. While these developments add another scandal to the long list of Biden family dirty laundry, the more urgent concern for the country should be the continuing threat to our national security posed by a compromised President Biden and the possibility that Russia has access to the catalog of compromising material contained on Hunter's laptop. It is not a stretch to think Russia has it. China has it. Who the hell else knows who has it? Everybody might have it at this point. Mere weeks before then-President Donald Trump and Joe Biden faced off in the November 2020 presidential election, the New York Post published emails obtained from a laptop a Hunter Biden had abandoned at a repair shop in Delaware. Those emails revealed that during the elder Biden's time as Barack Obama's vice president, Hunter engaged in a pay-to-play scandal, trading off his father's position to strike deals with players in Ukraine and in China. The venture was a family one, with Joe, the big guy, Biden, listed in one email to set, receive 10% cut of one pending deal, and Hunter telling his daughter in another message that Pop took half of his earnings. Even after a former business partner of Hunter Biden's confirmed the authenticity of the emails, the supposed standard bearers of journalism <laughs> buried the scandal, and social media outlets censored both the story and the New York Post. Worse still, more than 50 former senior intelligence officials signed a letter framing the Hunter Biden emails as Russian disinformation. Well, we know all of that. So uh, the Daily Mail added more details about Metabio, uh, Meta, what is it? Metabiota? Metabiota and Hunter Biden's role in brokering relationship for the research company in Ukraine. Included throughout the article were copies of the emails ostensibly obtained from Hunter's laptop that confirmed the Daily Mail's reporting. The article also added details shedding light on Hunter's business dealings in Ukraine during the time his father served as vice president and America's point person on issues related to that country. And um, this is a pretty in-depth article. I'll link it so you can read the rest of it. But she says Biden's our commander in chief and Putin potentially holds a cachet of compromising information perfect for propaganda purposes. So... Live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. More news, sports. Coming up.
blues. <laughs> Just an idiot. Uh, inflation continues to rise. Value of the dollar continues to go down. Well, and some would say the Fed doesn't have the stomach to tackle inflation, and if he does, it's going to cause a recession. The idea that we're going to have a um, soft landing, as they say. I think some would right now be happy with a safe landing. So you're considering your financial alternatives. You have to be at this point. Paper money continues to become worthless as they print more and more and trillions and trillions more to expand the welfare state as this president and this party wants to do. How are you going to protect your hard-earned savings that you spent your life trying to put away? Well, one of the options to consider is physical gold and silver. And of course, the folks to talk to there are friends at Birch Gold Group. Birch Gold, experts in precious metals, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers. Most importantly, they'll give you options. You can buy gold coins. You can convert an existing IRA into a gold IRA. You can even convert an eligible 401k account to a gold IRA account. So here's how you get started. Text the word America. Send it to 989898. Text America. Send it to 989898. You'll get your free information kit from Birch Gold with absolutely no obligation. They'll show you how to protect your gold and silver investments in a tax-sheltered account. Good God almighty. Don't tell Elizabeth Warren. It's a tax-sheltered account. Get the facts. Get started today. You have nothing to lose. Text the word America to 989898 and get your free information kit from Birch Gold. They made it super easy. Text America to 989898 and uh, let them show you how owning gold and silver could help protect that savings. All right, 19 past the hour, live from Studio 6B. It's been a while since Mr. Solomon came on in the fourth. But uh, Slick Rick is here, and he's got more sports. Sports is brought, uh, brought to you by our friends at MyPillow.com, Mike Lindell. MyPillow.com slash LFS6B. That's our own page just for you, the LFS6B audience, with all the best deals that they've got. So go there now and use our code at checkout. What's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Big D, good game. NBA action, Eastern Conference. Right now, Milwaukee Bucks leading the Philadelphia Sixers in the Wells Fargo Center in Philly. Right now, it's 117-113. Check that. Giannis with 39 points. There's four teams at the top of the division, all battling within one game of one another. Miami in first place. Celtics, Milwaukee, and the Sixers all tied one game behind, so really good game. Who's playing defense on Giannis? Stevie Wonder? <laughs> I know. Not, not good tonight. No, and, and Harden's got 32 for Philly, so there's not much defense being played on either side of the ball there. Uh, Tiger practicing at Augusta to test Masters Fitness, Big D. We might have a Tiger sighting. He got 18 holes in earlier today. Uh, Tiger Woods arrived at Augusta National today with Son Charlie to play a practice round and test his fitness for next week's Masters, Sports Illustrated reported. Uh, citing unnamed Sources a posting on the magazine's website said the 15-time major winner and five-time Masters champion who suffered severe leg injuries in a crash last year was with his son, Charlie. If Woods plays next week in the year's first major tournament, it will be the first time he has played in an official event since a car, the car crash back in February of 2021 that left him hospitalized for weeks and struggling to walk for months. Uh, since the incident, um, accident actually, Woods has played in a family event alongside Charlie and has been inducted into the World Golf Hall of Fame, but has not played you know competitively and uh i don't know big d he's on the list of 91 to be playing uh next week thursday thursday's the tee off it'd be really something to see him out there i don't know what do you i'm think? gonna venture i'm gonna venture out here and say no hyperbole well i just think for <laughs> well i don't know 
I don't know how you could know if you're ready unless you actually play four back-to-back rounds yourself somewhere before you get yeah. to Masters Week because True. four rounds of walking and in, in the mental game of, of playing that course and the, and the physicality of getting around 18 holes four days in a row, weather and everything else that gets thrown at you, be hard to just go out there on Thursday and go, well, I hope I can make it to Sunday after only playing one practice round. So I don't know. Yeah, well, I'd so- love to see it. Golf's not the same when he's not when he's not there. Still, even at his age, be something. For he's the a game changer when he's in the field. The ratings would go through the roof if he, yeah, he, he does play. It's not like he's got another job, <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> like he's on his feet. Well, I was at the bar- I was a barista for eight hours, and now I got to well, go play golf. Rick That's is his dad. Job. Have you ever Have you ever played eighteen holes of golf? No. Okay. Why would you? I? Thank you. Thank you. He's played nine no, holes of miniature golf. But, but, Thank you. But I'm yeah, saying, you hit it through the windmill. It's not the same. But I'm saying, you know, this hey, is his job. He, green you, energy, you would baby. Think if he's going to do a practice round, he's probably played a bunch of rounds like, I think I can pull this off. You know? No. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, That's going to be I don't something. Know. I tell you. I'd love to see it. Paul, you're a golfer. You've played. What do you think? You know, I mean, it's 10 hours a day practice. It's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's on your mind constantly. It's an exhaustion. It's... The hardest sport I've ever played in my life, far and away. And you know, I used to call it a game because it wasn't a sport. But baloney, it's a sport, especially oh, yeah. when you got to drag a, a bag up and down, hiking up the hills, man. When you, Beth Page Black. Well, me and you have to do that. He doesn't have to yeah. do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Beth it's, Page it's Black. It's not easy though. I mean, you got to admit this. It's it's to me the hardest. That's game why I've I don't think he's going to play four 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 rounds <laughs> at Augusta are grueling, and that's just the physical part. The mental part obviously adds to it too. So I'd love to see him, but I doubt it. So. What else in sports, Rick? All right. Well, hey, we were talking rodeo all last night. We got to get the pro bull riders. We want to take that on now. Unleash the Beast. Ty Murray Invitational presented by the Downs Racetrack and Casino from this past weekend in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And $133,000. Oh, that's where the the man's hat shop is. Whoa. Yeah. I was just thinking. We're going to go down and get some nice hats, Big D, with some rhinestones, some Stetsons. Looking good, brother. (laughs) Easy on the rhinestones. (laughs) Well, maybe not for you, but, you know, I'm Glenn Campbell, baby. For you, of course. Of course. They You're can't a fit man. enough. They can't fit enough on that. You cannot I, wear rhinestones. I Paul, forbid it. I could pull it off. I'll go down with a fuchsia suit and a tiger striped <laughs> shirt. He's going to have the technical dream coat on. Right down the street. I'll walk right through the, the alleys of Harlem. Man. We're going to have to, uh, I, we're I have to get it filmed if we go. I right. could see him with uh, sheepskin chaps. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I can't unsee I feel, that. I feel a little sheepish in those, Rick. Come on. All right, let's go. World number one, Joe Ricardo Vieira. He was the winner with a $63,000 prize, uh, 184.75 aggregate score. He took it all. He's really having a great year. Number two, that good old cowboy, Dalen Swearinger. He had a uh, $30,399 pickup, 183 and a quarter, just shy of, of catching Joe. Uh, Joe. And uh, Eduardo Aparecido. He came in in third place with $12,513. And the big story is the Bulls, world number one, whoopa, 45.78. And Pookie Holla came in in second, 45.75. And I guess he's on a comeback. Vanilla Ice, 45, rounded out the Bulls scores big how did um How did Meat Sweats do? <laughs> ah, Meat Sweats is rodeo, baby. That was in Oregon, baby. Oh, that okay. was last night. All right, no meat sweats. Okay, okay good. you got it. Meat Redmond, Oregon. The, meat sweats was the bareback. <laughs> no, <laughs> tie down, Paul. Oh, tie down and bareback. It goes hand in hand. Okay. All right, All let's right. go. Hey guys, Family quit horsing show. around. Big D. Yeah, quit horsing around, Paul. Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. a wrap. Back to you. I, I think I found a picture of Slick Rick from years ago. Oh, the okay. Dr. Pepper guy in chaps. <laughs> oh, I'm going to okay. send it. To you. <laughs>
No, don't send it to me, please. I have to sleep tonight. All right, let's do. Uh, well, we don't have time for news now. That's a goodness. I get. I want to do the. Uh, you know what? How about this? I'll do a quickie here. Okay. Um, AOC is uh, saying the Dems are in big trouble ahead of the midterms. Her solution: Biden should use executive power to ram through leftist agenda. That's her. Uh, that's her. Who said uh, that? AOC. Uh, she said, we need to acknowledge this isn't just about the middle of the road. Oh, we have a and clip, Jesus said. Oh, oh, oh roll it, Jesus said. We do not have much more time to wait um, yeah. because these falling poll, you know, polling numbers, I don't believe in governing by polling, but if that is a concern, which, by decree. you know, to be real in elections, it's, it's a real thing. Um, <laughs> we need you. to acknowledge <laughs> that this isn't just about middle of the road, an increasingly narrow band of, of independent voters. Uh, but this is really about the collapse in support among young people, among the Democratic base, collapse. feeling like they are not, that they worked overtime to get this president elected, and they aren't necessarily Overtime and overnight stop. Yeah. That's, that's a rough clip if you're a Democrat. That's a rough clip right there. Good. I hadn't seen that. Good, and all those Democrats can, never mind. Collapse of support. Doesn't sound and, very democratic. And, and she's Fauci's saying, right? out there talking about wanting to go more. Lo- I mean, the, it's like they want to go away forever, which good, good with me. Thirty minutes past the hour, live from Studio Six B. Glad you're in on a Wednesday night. Rick Delgado did what even is that? Probably the best what even is that I can ever remember. That was just really because uh, I'm a big fan of Rick. Oh. I know you don't really like it very much, but uh, <laughs> I really love Rick. Like I look forward to Texas during the day. I know you yeah. know how you feel. Um, I would <laughs> put that tied for first stuff. with the top, but as like thirty, I have tied for first because I'm such a big fan. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> nice uh, Slick Rick's got sports. Geo Fran holding it down as always. And um, Judas over here has news. I'm sorry. Paul has uh, has news. <laughs> has news. What's going on in news, Paul? Well, I wanted to talk about Matt Gates uh, the whole Ooh. show. I, uh, I, I liked what I saw today. The Federal Bureau of Investigation Cyber Division Assistant Director revealed the agency is unaware of the location of Hunter Biden's laptop and failed to assess whether or not the first son's hard drive, which revealed countless business deals and personal relationships with America's adversaries, contained information compromising America's national security. The revelation came during a lot of questioning from Matt Gates, who inquired about the FBI's uh, uh, Brian uh, Von Dren for details about the laptop of President Joe Biden's son. Yeah, Mr. Um, Mr. Von Dren, uh, is that how you pronounce his yeah, last name? Is. Was uh, there Vondren. under oath and... I guess he felt like he could still pick what he wanted to uh, talk about because here's how, if you throw this up, thanks, G. Here's how, um, here's He's how this got started. Lore, I guess. Yeah. So where is it? The laptop. Sir, I'm not here to talk about the laptop. Oh. I'm here to talk about the FBI cyber program. You are the assistant director of FBI cyber. I want to know where Hunter Biden's laptop is. Where is it? Sir, I don't know that answer. That is astonishing to me. Has has FBI cyber assessed whether or not Hunter Biden's laptop 
could be a point of vulnerability, allowing America's enemies to hurt our country. Sir, the FBI's cyber program is based off of what's codified in Title 18, or um, Title 18, Section 1030, a code which talks about computer intrusions, right, using nefarious intent. Network well, you've talked about passwords here. I mean, Hunter Biden's password on his laptop was Hunter 02. He drops it off at a repair store. I'm holding the receipt from Max Computer Repair, where in December 2019, they turned over this laptop to the FBI. And what now you're telling me right here is that as the assistant director of FBI Cyber, you don't know where this is after it was turned over to you three years ago. Yes, sir. That's an accurate statement. How are Americans supposed to trust that you can protect us from the next colonial pipeline if it seems that you can't locate a laptop that was given to you three years ago from the first family, potentially creating vulnerabilities for our country? Sir, it's, it's not in the purview of my investigative responsibilities. But, but that is shocking that, that you wouldn't, as the assistant director of cyber, know whether or not there are international business deals, kickbacks, shakedowns that are on this laptop that would make the first family suspect to, to some sort of compromise. Mr. Assistant Director, have you assessed whether or not the first family is compromised as a result of the Hunter Biden laptop? Boy. Sir, as a representative of the FBI cyber program, it is not in the realm of my responsibilities to deal with the questions that you're asking me. Ha has anyone at FBI cyber been asked to make assessments whether or not the laptop creates a point of vulnerability? Sir, we have multiple lines of investigative responsibility in the FBI. They're all available in public source. Well, I would think you'd know this one. I mean, I would think that if the president's son, who does international business deals, referencing the now president with the Chinese, with Ukrainians. I mean, have you assessed whether or not the Hunter Biden laptop gives Russia the ability to harm our country? Sir, again. We can do this back and forth for the next couple of minutes. I don't have any information about the Hunter Biden laptop or the investigation. But should you? I mean, you're the assistant director of FBI cyber. By, my, by the block and line chart? No, sir, I should not. Who should, who should we put in that chair to ask questions about this laptop that FBI has had for three years? Sir, I'm not, I'm, I'm not in a position to make a recommendation who should who say. So you don't have it, it. Yeah. you don't know who has it, you don't know where it is, you're the assistant director. You know, earlier you talked about whether or not you were the Grant Hill or the Christian Leitner. It sounds like you're the Chris Weber trying to call a timeout when you don't have one. <laughs> so I mean, who is it? Do you even know who has it? Do you know who we should put in that chair to ask these questions to? No, sir, I don't know who has it. Well, it, could you find out and tell us? You're going to have to give us briefings, thanks to Mr. Liu and Mr. Massey's question, about whether or not the FBI was taking a $5 million test drive on the Pegasus system that was being used to target people in politics, people in government, people in the media, people in American life. So will you commit to give us a briefing as the assistant director of FBI Cyber as to where the laptop is, whether or not it's a point of vulnerability, whether or not the American people should wonder whether or not the first family is compromised? Sir, I'd be happy to take your request back to our office. Gosh, I mean, will you advocate for that briefing? As a, you, you will? I will be happy to take your request back to FBI headquarters. Well, will you, do you believe that that is a briefing that the Congress is, is worthy of having, I guess? Sir, I'm, I am, I'm not going to answer that question. Right? I'm here to talk. The invitation, is that, is that sir, the invitation says 
oversight of the FBI's cyber division. It does not say anything. Well, well right, but I mean, this is this is a cyber asset. This it's is a, a point of vulnerability. Asset. If there are passwords, if there are business deals, if there are references to things that could harm our country, like you can't even sit here right now and say that you know that there's not a point of vulnerability. Maybe there are other crimes, maybe there are tax issues or whatever, but as it relates to our, I mean, it, is the first family sufficient cyber infrastructure to protect? You don't even know if they're compromised. Tell you what, Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record of this committee the contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, which I'm in possession of. Oh, I'm not. Hmm? Come on, Jerry. Good. Don't. Uh, he just pooped himself. There's no objection. <laughs> exactly. Don't have another waddle moment. What do you say? I can't say no objections. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I going to do? do now? I've, ne I've never had. I will object pending further uh, investigation. What's the basis of that objection? It hurts it's our unanimous body. consent request, and I object pending. Well, I have a subsequent question. <laughs> Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the receipt. It may very well be. From the Mac entered, shop. It may very well be entered into the record after we look at it further. Very, well, Mr. Chairman, um, I have a subsequent Oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Chairman, I seek unanimous consent to enter into the record the receipt from the Department Mr. of Mr. Justice Chairman, this is to Ms. the Mac shop. Am I next? Or without, oh, am I next? Without, or? without objection. <laughs> Weasel. Wow. Val Deming couldn't get in there quick enough. Five minutes is up. Wow. Oh, that's fire from Gates right there. That's God awesome. forbid that's somebody awesome. in Congress wants an answer about their criminal behavior of... of, of of these politicians, Not and they're completely stymied every time. They're stonewalled and stymied. These people are disgusting. Not happening. They are traitors, every single one of them. That's yeah. why, maybe that's why I put the lynching bill in, because we start lynching these traitors in, in politics. Disgusting. Well, that's a little strong, I think. Well, you know what? That's, well, traitor, that's I mean, that's, that is the... But, uh, yeah, but the idea that this doesn't fall <laughs> under bit, his... What? A little strong, but... <laughs> <laughs> the idea that this doesn't fall under his purview, I mean, again, I don't know all the inner workings of every department and what technically, but the idea that this doesn't fall, I mean, come on. <laughs> Who's buying that? Well, it, not only that, but okay, so maybe it's not his, you know, that's not, that's not his case, quote unquote, right? As the assistant director... He knows whose case it is. Yeah. And you know they've had to have discussions. So another great question would have been, so have you had any discussions with anyone about Hunter Biden's laptop and the vulnerability? Because then now it's like, well, it's not under me, but I know and we've had discussions. They're going to know. Yeah. And not even ask a yes or no question. Right. Ask what discussions have you had? Right. You know, this is uh, it's pathetic. It's it's really it's it's uh nice to see gates you know the guy who they railroaded and tried to you know pin him as a, a a human trafficker yeah and that meanwhile morons still believe that to be true meanwhile he's trying to enter into evidence uh evidence that could have um human trafficking on it yeah and they uh and they won't have it yeah by the way could have a could have a lot of things on it from what we've heard don't don't let um don't let our new our possible new supreme court justice uh have to do the sentencing in this. He'll, Sam Hunter Biden will get about four days because there's a possible, um, well, there's possible all kinds of stuff on this thing. People who have seen it have been a guest. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you have, does the FBI realize that there's like 
copies of this out and about <laughs> like people have it people have seen it people have found directories people i mean you know they would obviously have to know this stuff and it started and a lot of the stuff is starting to leak people are starting to post stuff Jack Maxey is an, almost an automatic follow on Getter if you want to really be on top of it. Amazing. Amazing. You see Gates uh, also introduced a resolution Tuesday titled uh, Spook Who Cried Wolf Resolution and permanently revoked <laughs> security clearances for dozens of former intelligence officials who attached their names to the public letter alleging the content in Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation. I saw the cover of the New York Post with a picture of every one of them that said something like arrest investigate and charge or it was something to that effect uh in that order which is uh exact exactly right exactly right but again do we do we think that the you know rick said after we got off with john solomon that he didn't agree with his last thing about republicans should just let this one go yeah, I totally disagree. Uh, I think that's the wrong strategy. That, that's the strategy that has gotten us to this point. When are we going to realize we outnumber them? But so that's my question, afraid, though. Wait, wait, but if they're afraid of, oh, we don't want to make the left angry, and then they'll, they'll, they'll you know, gang up and, and come together, who cares? We outnumber them. Make us angry and see what happens. You know what? In fairness, I'm not sure I agree with it, too, because you can't have a SCOTUS on who's a, a, no. an advocate of her level. I mean, she is... She's a danger to the to the. She's an existential threat. Yeah, I'd much rather see them play hardball out of committee and go on vacation. I know they'll never do it because they won't play on their level. Which is, by the way, the the reason that they always lose. And in other parts of the of the Trump interview, by the way, he made the I thought fabulous point. I was so happy to hear him say this about Mitch McConnell. What a disaster he is! And he specifically pointed to what I always say. Which is every time the debt ceiling comes up, what does Mitch do? He gets his ass kicked by Pelosi and Schumer every time. And the president brought exactly that up. Yeah. He says, look at the debt ceiling. What does Mitch get? He gets nothing. Every single time he gets nothing. Old marble mouth gets nothing. But that's to my point, Rick. Um, I think we're all in agreement that we disagree with that strategy, but... But Even with these investigations point, of Hunter, okay, we take the House and the Senate. May, I don't, you know, hopefully we both. Maybe just the House. Do we think that they have? They're up for it, or by then it's let bygones be bygones. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't have the confidence either. God, I, I, re, I really hope. I, I really hope all the this is going to unravel. I mean, I know there's a lot of people out there who still believe that this is so much of this is coming to a head. So much information is going to come out and. I know a lot of people are holding out hope that, you know, Putin will release information and that they will expose this entire deep state house of cards that is really just hell bent on their own personal gain. I, I, it's just nice to have a little bit of hope, but it's when you see these people like the FBI just completely stonewalling a Senate, um, you know, congressman, it's just so frustrating. Conscious Clean on Getter says, in the end, Damon, we will win by doing it right. Trust. God! <laughs> always a good plan. Yep. All right, live from Studio 6B. We'll wrap it up. There's a little sports. More news when we get back right after this.
right, 13 to the hour, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. Glad you've been in. Going into the getter chat. Uh, Damon, uh, we've been up. getting comments all night. It's Tuesday, not Wednesday. What have I been saying? Wednesday? Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty bit. much every break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as much as we all wish it was Wednesday. And you waited to uh, 947 <laughs> to tell me this, Jay? Yeah, it was funnier that way. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of heat in the chat. About what? Well, tell the big dummy it's uh, Tuesday, not Wednesday. <laughs> well, see, this is where he's he brilliant. Tomorrow we're all taking the night off, and you guys won't know the difference. Yeah, I'm actually out tomorrow night, so hey, call, Rick. That's a good idea. <laughs> well, Rick could have told you, too. That's a good idea. Now, we'll be rerunning tonight's show tomorrow, so the big dummy ain't that dumb after all. No. That's right. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry about that. I don't know why I've been saying Wednesday. Well, because I'm old. That's why. We do usually have guests on Wednesdays. I have so. Biden. Uh, thank you, friend. Hang out. Thank you very much. What are you laughing at, Gio? <laughs> Bastard, I'll come a, in there and... That was such a flimsy save. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's do sports on a Tuesday night with Slick Rick. What's going on? All right, Big D. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what's crazy, though? None of us idiots caught it. I never listen to Damon. That's true. I know. Right. Come on, we don't listen to Damon. Who? Yeah. Why would you start listening now? Yeah, exactly. All right, here we go. Lionel Messi oh, signs. Oh, really? Exactly. Oh, thank you, Slick Rick. Well, exactly. I got to get to my report here. Okay. All right. Lionel Messi signs $20 million deal with crypto firm Socios to promote digital fan tokens. This is a Reuters report. 20 mil. Uh, Lionel Messi has signed an agreement worth more than $20 million to promote digital fan token companies. Oh, $20 million for him. Yeah, twenty million for him. Oh, okay, that's pretty a good. A source close to the deal told Reuters on Tuesday. No, not twenty. million. I was million. thinking that's a small deal, twenty million, but twenty million just for him. Yes. Okay. And Messi becomes the latest global sports personality to enter the crypto world following Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady and LA Lakers star LeBron James. Messi's deal also comes amid a growing wave of tie-offs between crypto firms and football. Messi, uh, who's moved from Barcelona to Paris Saint Germain in August, included a cryptocurrency payment. Will be involved in a publicity and promotional campaign for. Socios in the build-up to the World Cup, which starts in November. The ambassador deal uh, for Messi does not include crypto payments and is a three-year agreement, the source said. Brady last year took an undisclosed equity stake at crypto exchange platform FTX Trading LTD and became an ambassador for the company. So yeah. they're throwing their hands in there. But They've done stuff. some good commercials, FTX. Of course, that's Sam uh, Bankman-Fried's deal, and he's a genius. Yep. And he's all in... Uh... He's all in on Solana, by the way, Paul. You know that? He's, he's yeah. got a big investor in Solana. Um, Solana made a move. Somebody in the chat said, Damon had me convinced it was Wednesday. <laughs> Hump day. <laughs> oh, man. All right, what else is sports, All right, right, men's pro tennis. Daniil Medvedev advances to Miami Open quarters over uh, Jensen Brooksby. Uh, closes in on number one, uh, returns to number one in the world. Miami Gardens, Florida. Daniil Medvedev is one win away from returning to number one, shaking off a slow start. The top-seeded Medvedev reached the quarterfinals of the Miami Open on Tuesday by defeating Jensen Brooksby 7-5-6-1. And one more big D. I got to show the ladies some love. We're talking Final Four men's, men's, men's. Well, it was a great game last night. UConn beat. <laughs> NC State and double overtime thriller to go to Final Four by Adam Stites on Yard Barker. Am I missing something? Is uh, the audience it, is just... Is it true, <laughs> though? I, I heard that Michael Jordan identifies as a teenage girl, so he was playing for that team. Is that true? You imagine that? We'll forget about it. <laughs> 
No, uh, not true. So, Hemi anyway. fifteen hundred says Alzheimer's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's no laughing matter. All right, the Connecticut Huskies women's basketball team is headed to its fourteenth consecutive <clears throat> Final Four. Fourteenth consecutive, boys. Thrilling in a thrilling ninety-one eighty-seven double OT victory over the North Carolina State Wolfpack. UConn led by as many as ten in the second quarter, but NC State chipped away and pulled even in the fourth. In the final seconds of regulation, the Wolfpack had an opportunity to win, but Kai Crutchfield's last second three-point try missed, and the two teams went to overtime, tied 61-61. The Huskies led by three in the final seconds of overtime, partially thanks to a controversial no-call, but NC State tied the game with a three-pointer from Ja'Kiah Brown-Turner with less than a second left to force double OT. In double OT, UConn jumped out to an early lead with a three-pointer from Paige Bukas on its first position and never gave up the lead. UConn will face Stanford with a trip to the National Championship on the line, and on the other end, Big D, Louisville advances to face number one overall seed, South Carolina, in next week's national semifinals. So, the girls are going to get a chance to uh, also shine a little bit, so we want to catch those games. Well, no, maybe we'll take some action on that one, too, next weekend. And that's a wrap in sports. Back to you at 4.55. All right, thanks, Slick Rick. Uh, I see somebody pointed out, by the way, and it, it is uh, today is uh, National Vietnam War Veterans Day, so mm-hmm. I want to make a note of that. Yes. And of course, God bless all of our veterans mm. yes. in the United States. Yes. Thank you Absolutely. for your service. Yes, of course. Thank so, you. Uh, anything else in news, Paul? You want to hit? Oh, there's two stories. One quickie. I just from the I, you can't make this irony up. More than 70 Chicago police officers guard Democrat Mayor Lightfoot as part of a unit created in 2020. Um, the detail known as Unit 544 started with a handful of officers and now has grown into a group that includes 65 officers, five sergeants, a lieutenant, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. In addition to the special unit, Lightfoot has an additional personal bodyguard detail made up of 20 officers. Wow. Can you believe this person? Defund the police. Mm-hmm. Cops are bad and... It's just nuts. Well, that's what tyrants do. They surround themselves with uh, guards, right? Well, I got one sweet story from uh, Epoch. Uh, a 22-year-old raises teen half-sister after parents die. She's my own child. I love my I love her with my life. I'm so excited to see what the future takes her. So the 22-year-old college senior who filed for guardianship of a 16-year-old half-sister after the teen moms died says that giving her sister a chance to live her teenage years to the fullest was worth the sacrifice. Uh, Hunter Nelson, originally of North Carolina, now lives in Kentucky with Gracie Nelson, the high school sophomore. The half-sister's died, uh, father died in October 2015. Gracie's mom died in May of 2021. And uh, she said, I knew um, she was already facing difficulties with her home life, and I felt the strong need to make sure Gracie's life after her mom's passing was as normal as possible. I didn't want to make, uh, I didn't want to make uh, being grown-up decisions so young and I truly felt no one in her mom's family uh, could have made this possible. So it's a beautiful story of a big sister taking care of a little sister, and they look so happy together. So just figured I'd sign off with some good stuff because um, yep. everything else in this stinks. <laughs> okay. Uh, speaking of stinks, let's go 11 and 12 G. OMB Director Shalanda Young, if you want to know where the border wall money went, since we didn't want to finish that because we needed you know total lawlessness at the border, which is, of course, what we have. Uh, Here's where it went. Cut 11. G, roll that. There was $1.9 billion that was in this most recent omnibus bill that's been carried over to finish the border wall. Is this administration going to finish the border wall? Just so we're clear, the $1.9 billion wasn't rescinded. New money was not provided. 
the administration had a policy asking Congress to rescind that funding from 2021. Congress did not. But Congress did not provide additional money. And we are spending, as GAO has told this committee and others, uh, that OMB, the president, uh, the administration is acting uh, within the bounds of the Empowerment and Control Act, uh, and we are spending obligating prudently. So he, the, this administration just continues to withhold the $1.9 billion that was appropriated several Congresses ago that has stayed in the account? Thankfully, GAO has agreed that we are obligating prudently under the law. And what are you obligating it to? Because you're not doing any construction. So are you just paying people to hold the rusting materials? No, we're actually doing env environmental restoration, um, something uh, that was woefully lacking. We're also doing community consultation. So environmental restoration and community consultation instead of your southern border wall. Well, mm -hmm. that's, that's good. Yeah, environmental restoration. I wonder mm. what that. I wonder what that entails. Mm. No, I don't want to do twelve. What do you think environmental restoration community consultation is? Hey, we're going to uh, fix this tree, sir, and here's how we're going to do it. What, yeah. what does that mean? Yeah, give me six million dollars exactly. We're going to have a meeting about having a meeting. In some parts where the border wall wasn't finished, they built a levee along the river. That was part of that money, instead of building the wall completely. No. Oh. I'm sure that'll work. As always, we salute all our veterans, as I said before, but our military, active and active, firefighters, first responders, EMTs, everybody on the front lines, all the truckers are, the farmers, everybody that keeps this country rolling along. Thanks, guys, on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran, as always. Most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night on a Friday night right here. <laughs> <laughs> See you later.